Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Forging the Path. My name is Adam, and this is a podcast that's all about helping men become the kind of men that God created us to be, right? And so we do that by looking to the scriptures. We do that by following Jesus. We do that by cultivating a band of brothers around us in our lives for accountability and for encouragement. And we try to eliminate things like isolation, distractions, and passivity. That's what, that's what this podcast is really all about. Today, just like most Fridays, we're going to do a real quick 10 to 15 minute episode. On Mondays, we do our interviews. On Fridays, we're right now, we're going through the Minor Prophets. Um, and today, it's Jonah. Jonah might be the most popular, famous of the Minor Prophets. Jonah is this book that when most people hear about it or think about it, they recall the Sunday school imagery to mind of a, of a whale or a big fish swallowing Jonah, right? That's actually not what the book is about. I, the, <laughs> the whale gets center stage. We tend to fixate on, the, on this big fish or this whale, but uh, that's not the purpose at all of Jonah. In fact, the purpose of Jonah, just like the purpose of all of the Bible, is to reveal Christ to his people. So we need to catch these little gospel glimpses in the book of Jonah. It's a funny, somewhat sad, uh, satirical story about a prophet who's mad at God for loving his enemies. That's what Jonah is about in a nutshell. Like, big picture overview. Here's a prophet who gets called by God to go to a city and call them to repentance. He, in fact, goes the very opposite direction, runs into this storm on the sea, and through a series of events, everyone finds out the reason that there's this storm is because it's Jonah's fault, and he's running away from God and his calling. He's not living in obedience. And so uh, they throw him overboard, even though at first the sailors don't want to. They throw him overboard, and uh, God sends this big whale or this big fish to swallow him up, And when he's in the belly of the fish, he prays probably the only honest words out of Jonah's mouth the whole book. But he kind of does this like pseudo half-hearted repentance thing from in the belly. Sorry, I shouldn't have disobeyed you, Lord. You know, remember me. And the whale spits him out. And then he finally goes to Nineveh and preaches a, a really short, like in the original language, it's only like five words. He says, 40 more days and Nineveh will be overturned. And to his surprise and to the reader's surprise, Nineveh repents. Everybody in the city repents. They're like, they, they turn from their wickedness and they turn toward creator God. And they, they begin changing their ways. It's wild. It's like revival. It's amazing. And the key verse is chapter 3, verse 10. When God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he had compassion and did not bring upon them the destruction he had threatened. And so then you would think Jonah would be like, hallelujah, praise God, that's awesome. Instead, Jonah becomes angry and bitter. He's greatly displeased and he prays to the Lord, Lord, (laughs) this is why I was so quick to flee to Tarshish 
when you asked me to come to Nineveh. This is why I went in the opposite direction. This is why I disobeyed you. I knew that you were a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger, abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. And Jonah goes up on this hill to see what will happen to Nineveh. God gives him a little bit of shade from the sun, but then God takes it away, and Jonah's mad, and that's kind of how the book ends, with God kind of trying to get through to Jonah, saying, shouldn't I be concerned about this great city? You've been concerned about your shade (laughs) from the sun. Shouldn't I be concerned about these people? And so that's, that's an overview of Jonah. Jonah actually, interestingly enough, he appears one other time in the Bible, in 2 Kings 14, and he gives the wicked king Jeroboam, um, a prophetic word that isn't really truly prophetic from the Lord. And in Amos 6, we see Amos, another prophet, actually corrects Jonah's prophetic word. You know, Jonah's like, oh yeah, go ahead, go into this battle, Jeroboam. The, the victory is surely yours. And Amos says, uh, don't do that. Like, God is not on your side right now. You're living in sinful disobedience. So Jonah is sketchy. He's just a sketchy dude. He's kind of a wimp, too. He, like, he just... And he's selfish, and he's grumpy, and he doesn't really want people who don't know God to receive any amount of grace and mercy. Jonah is a representative character of God's people. He's a representative of us. He's a representative of who church-going people are and what we're like when we get a little bit pharisaical. You guys remember the Pharisees? When we start acting like the Pharisees, we're also kind of acting like Jonah. We think we're in. We're, we're in. God, we're, we're God's friends. We're God's people. But we don't want anybody else to be in. And we don't really believe that it's by His sheer, undeserved grace and mercy that we're loved by him, that we're in. We think we somehow got there a little bit by our own efforts. And so (laughs) this story has tons of applications today. Are we the type of people who rejoice when non-Christians repent? Are we the type of people who rejoice when when that, that wayward spouse changes their ways and, and comes back home? and reinvests into the marriage and into the family? Or, or do we hold a grudge? Are we bitter about it? Do we, do we define people by their past sins? Or do we try to look through the lens of grace and mercy and compassion like the Lord does? Uh, do, we see future, do we see future pastors and preachers when we look at people who are, who are wayward? When we look at alcoholics and drug addicts and and people neck deep in their own sin and addiction? Do we really believe that God can set them free and change their life? Or do we kind of want to be justified in our own actions as as people who, gosh darn it, we, we try hard, we go to church, we try and do and say and think the right things, so how dare they? This book is fascinating. So, How about you? Are you ever mad at God 
for being too forgiving, for being too patient, for being too gracious, for being too kind. Have you ever been mad at God? When you, when you look at somebody else's life and see God's blessings on them. The book of Jonah is for you. I've been there. I need, I need the book of Jonah. I need, uh, this, is, this is really healthy application. Don't be like Jonah. Most of the other prophets we can read and say, yeah, be a little bit more like them. But we can look at the book of Jonah and say, you know what? Don't be like Jonah. Sometimes we Christians are more like Jonah than we like to admit. And this prophetic book brings a correction and a critique to our lives. And it's right here, like I read earlier. He is a gracious, compassionate God, slow to anger, abounding in love, and a God who relents from sending calamity. And that should cause us to worship him, not get angry at him. We should be praying for those people in our lives who might be our enemies. Nineveh was a, was a political and a national enemy to Israel. We should be praying for them to come to know the Lord, for them to have radical encounters with his grace and mercy. That's the only thing that changes a heart. That, my friends, is the book of Jonah.